it's important to me that my stuff sounds English, but 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 for no other reason than that it's where I'm from. It's who I am. It's like it's like if you were a Delta Blues singer, it would be important to you that your stuff sounding like it came from where you came from. That's the only reason. So I don't want it to sound American or French or Scandinavian or Bulgarian, you know, because it's just not who I I want it to sound like who I am. Hi there and welcome to This Is Why We Sing, a podcast with me, James Sills, that aims to open up the conversation on singing and look at how it's an important part of being human. In the podcast, I invite guests from a range of different backgrounds and perspectives to discuss how singing really can transform lives. Today's guest is Chris Wood, a singer, guitarist, and one of my all-time favourite songwriters. And it's not true what they say. You really should meet your heroes because I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Chris. I've listened back to it four or five times since. And each time I keep finding new pearls of wisdom that hopefully you will find insightful and inspirational as well. Chris's songs are full of warmth and poetry and observation. His music is quite hard to classify. For many, many years, he was closely associated with the British folk scene. But in the conversation, we talk about the concept of British soul and why that might be a better definition for the music that he's making. We talk about his formative experiences as a chorister singing English church music and how that sense of Englishness runs through all of his music. Our conversation runs pretty deep at times and we talk about authenticity, about soul in music and about the human need to produce and to create. We also talk about a wide range of music and what inspires Chris, which ranges from J.S. Bach to Tom Waits to Motown. If you're not familiar with Chris's music, you might want to listen to some of his songs first, and there's links in the show notes. We recorded this in lockdown in early 2021, Chris in his hometown of Faversham in Kent in the UK, and myself in North Wales. Well, thanks, Chris, for um, for coming on the podcast. The first question that I'm going to ask that I ask everybody is, what song's in your head right now? Well, I'm sitting here trying to write a song. Um, I've got uh, I've got about three different songs on the go, and they're all grumpy. <laughs> I, th- I, tell you what, I think you're perfectly entitled to be grumpy. No, <laughs> no, but it's the obvious response, isn't it? You know, you don't. That's the one you don't want. You don't want the obvious response. But. Uh, I mean, you know, whether anyone will hear the songs is is another matter. But you've got to you got to kind of get them out. You know, you got to get them written just to just to work through that. And then and then and then, do you sit with them for a while and you know come back to them, put them in a drawer? Yeah. What's like what what's what's your your rough kind of process if there is one? Yeah, I don't really. I haven't written enough. I mean, anyone can tell you I haven't written enough stuff to have a process. But I I do seem to need a lot of space. That's why it takes me a long time. It's because I need space, you know, I mean, I'll do it and then I'll have to kind of, I'll have to step well back and think about it. One of the lyrics is, um, um, uh, let's have us all a hanging match. Let's catch the first one we can catch. Let's break his windows, burn his thatch. Let's have us all a hanging match. Um, And a hanging match was what what we, in England, we used to call a hanging, like a big, sort of 
bit like a party, you know. Hey, you know, let's <laughs> let's let's string him up and spin him round. Let's hang the first one we can found that we found. You know, it's just it's, mm. let's spread a blanket on the on the ground. Let's let's have us all a hanging match, and it's that. It's just, and I wrote that a while ago, but it's that. It's that kind of right the the way that the right wing just basically just constantly tap into that that anger anger you know mm. that, that sort of uncontrollable you know if it, everyone's angry about something ah, you know and um, everything's become so polarized <laughs> well it's 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 just um it's just they're just tapping into anger aren't they really it's mm. and it's uh, and 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 it it doesn't matter who the subject of that, who the focus, it, who who that focus falls on, you know. But it's it's just it's just so um, it, it's it's just so sort of base. Do you know what I mean? And and I, I kind yeah. of looked at my songs and I thought, you know, they're a bit flowery, they're a bit too articulate. You know, let's just try and write something. It's <laughs> really let's just get down to it. Let's, let's just, stop skating around. Yeah, you know, let's just yeah. So that that's the kind that's the kind of place I am right now. But I'd be very surprised if that ends up seeing the light of day. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. But you've like you say you've got to you've got to write it and you've got to get it out there in the first place to to then sit back and reflect on it. And I guess there's not the opportunity at the moment to actually get out and gig the songs and you know settle them in that way. No, definitely not. No, that's that's that avenue. Of creativity is closed off to us at the moment. <laughs> For the moment. <laughs> yeah. For the moment. But it will return. Um, it was interesting you talked there about, you know, uh, about, you know, kind of Englishness and, you know, um, talking about, you know, that concept of the, the hanging man and whatever. Because I think there's definitely, you know, there's a strong thread of Englishness that runs through um, all of your music in a really, really lovely way. And actually, you know, you've, you've talked a little bit there about the right wing, you know, and... I guess there'll be some people listening who may well, you know, kind of associate that kind of Englishness nationalism to that. And, and that's absolutely not what, what I'm talking about. And that's something I'm really interested actually in, in discussing with you, Chris. Um, but could I take it back to um, the church? Because I believe this is where you had your first musical experience and exposure to this sense of Englishness. Um, so could you tell us a bit about your days as a chorister? They they were almost certainly like anyone else's days as a chorister. It's a very prescribed world, you know. There's nothing. I don't think it's very anything particular about the church I was in, um, in comparison to sort of any other C of E church up and down the land. You know, the cathedrals that's on another level. But but uh, it was just um, it was. Well, many times I've looked back at that time and I have I have felt that I was probably making the best music I was ever going to make in my life at the age of eight. <laughs> what, and you were thinking that at the time? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't thinking <laughs> that at the time. I, right, wasn't, okay. I wasn't really thinking anything. And I think that's no. one of the well, reasons. You, I guess why. you don't, you know. When, yeah. when you're a kid, you don't. You just take everything as it comes. It's just normal. Yeah, yeah. And these these sensational pieces, you know, Bird, Gibbons, Talis, Boyce, Bach. You know, <laughs> you're singing this stuff. Um, 
and you're getting you know you're singing the treble line as well so but you're being backed up by these sensational basses and the sinuous alto lines and oh man it was just it was just it was so formative uh, um mm. and i think the way i mean it was formative in so much as it, it did a lot to form who who i am but but um you know you, 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 it, it it was music that had form it had real form you know and the way that we were trained i mean the boy choristers um the choir schools never never closed you know in the reformation when the reformation happened the choir schools mm -hmm. carried on and wow. so so the way that boys have been trained i mean it's 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 obviously changed over the years but it's evolved and it's evolved naturally over something like 1100 years boys have been taught how to sing and latterly girls as well you know in the in the some of the cathedral choirs yeah and so um you know that's not nothing that's not nothing and and i think that was formative for me as well it was the idea that that you were singing something that meant something that came from somewhere that owed itself to something um it, you know it, it it never ever felt makey uppy it never felt frothy right. it never felt mm -hmm. like it was just sort of sitting on the surface it felt it felt as deep as deep as deep could be i mean i was only 8 so i didn't know anything about it but uh but it felt as i say it felt proper at what point was it that you kind of started to reflect on this you know that you know, there are so many kind of resonances that obviously that experience had, you know, musical and cultural and, and otherwise. Was there anything that kind of prompted you to re reflect on that in that way? No, there, I don't think there was anything that prompted me to. I mean, once I started to get into kind of English folk music a little bit, um, I then started to realise that, that the English hymnal, which we had been singing from, had been put together by Vaughan Williams. And, right. and 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 so a lot of the tunes that I'd grown up with, it turns out, um, were much older than the than the words that had been that they'd been set to in the English hymnal. You know, Vaughan Williams used a lot of um of traditional English music in that in that. And 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 the the really love so so in a way, the first time I heard See, if you go to all the sort of folk song collectors and Sharp and all the old wax cylinders and the field recordings and that, what you get is sort of solo, unaccompanied singing. Mm -hmm. I sow my seeds of love. You know, that's what you hear. It's just the one voice. You hear these beautiful kind of melodic lines. But the first time I heard English music, in inverted commas, folk music, was with four with four part harmony. <laughs> It's right. absolutely yeah, gorgeous, rich, rich, deep harmonies, you know, and that's, and it really, really went in, you know, and there's no way it'll ever be dislodged. And do you think you can draw like a direct line between, between that and, and between, you know, what, what you're doing today in your songwriting? Because, you know, we're, we're talking about in some way, very different musical world, uh, worlds, but what, you know what remains of that experience you think in your songwriting today well i think i mean it's it's not going to be a a lyric thing is it really i mean what we're talking about is the musical content and and i 
I, I kind of, it's, it's, it's still there. The thing is, I want to write, you know, I've, I, I can't, I can't pretend I'm Tom Waits. I can't pretend, <laughs> you know, I'm Sleaford Mods. I can't pretend that I'm some old blues guy. So my stuff has to have kind of shape and form and stuff. And, you know, I can't just strum a chord endlessly through a distorted guitar and, and bark out something. Or I just can't do it, you know, which is probably what mm. that hanging match lyric will end up as, some sort of yeah. sort of <laughs> masturbatory strumming nonsense, you know. Just but to probably get very it. cathartic. But yeah, <laughs> who knows? You know, I'll probably do it at the Village Fate or something like that. But... um. But, uh, you know, so, so my stuff's got this kind of, this, this, um, this kind of shape and form, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, that comes from there. Uh, and those, it's the cadences as well. It's those, it's the way that, it's the way that, 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 that you get those kind of leading harmonies that lead you into the next cadence, and I just love sure. that. And that the way that the parts will move over each other. So when I did stuff with the trumpet, with, with the trombone and the cello, you know, that's kind of what I was looking for. Um, right. So almost like kind of like the con the counterpoint of the different exactly, lines. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some. Yeah. You know. That, so, I mean, the thing is, you can take any kind of song melody and you can arrange it however you like i mean you could probably take mm. one of my melodies and 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 somebody who knew what they were doing could make it sound like shostakovich you know i mean there's, there's no <laughs> you know um i don't I, I i'm trying not to get too precious about it i suppose that's what i'm no, saying no and i i think it's just it's just very healthy just to, to to look at it as music and and like you say it can go in, in any number of directions and i've i've always felt a bit of a musical chameleon without a, a particular musical home and actually it's really healthy just to kind of make these sideways moves because you know why why shouldn't someone rooted in uh, as a chorister then you know be writing you know be writing the type of songs that you're writing like to me it make it does make perfect sense and i think that, well while we're on james what type of songs am i writing because i have no well, the, idea <laughs> do you know what the last time i saw you chris perform which i think was 2017 when you were touring your um so much to defend album. I think you described yourself as English soul. Oh, that was yeah. Somebody else had said that. Had they? Yeah, that's what I, re it was. I, I really like that. That's uh, yeah. Somebody had written that, and I, and I thought, well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I mean, it's yeah. important. It, it's important to me that my stuff sounds English, but 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 for no other reason than that it's where I'm from. It's who I am. It's like it's like if you were a Delta blues singer. It would be important to you that your stuff sounding like it came from where yeah. you came from. That's the only reason. So yeah. I don't want it to sound American or French or Scandinavian or Bulgarian, you know, because it's just not who mm. I. I want it to sound like who I am. Um, but but as I get older, the only thing that I'm interested in, and I think it's the active ingredient that that makes people um, basically. Um, forget themselves with music i think is soul yeah that's what that's what music does better than anything else painting not really i don't you know painting can have soul i suppose technically but jesus it's music you know music carpentry i suppose can have soul but 
you know, these things just look silly next to music. <laughs> it just drips from I music. Think when I was when I was thinking about our conversation today, Chris, you know, um, I was thinking, you know, quite often, you know, Chris Wood, singer, guitarist, uh, songwriter, fiddle player, blah, blah, blah. You get this big list of things. And actually, yeah, you're all of those things. But actually, the thing about songwriting and about music is just the bringing together of all of those elements. Um, if that just doesn't sound, you know, too obvious. So, if, you know, if I just, again, think back to, you know, the, the most recent album I was talking about, you know, it's the thing that makes the album is just that interaction of, you know, that beautiful um, vintage guitar sound, um, you know, the the lyrics, the beautiful kind of observation and the commentary whatever you want to call it and and then your your vocal delivery as, as well and and I guess that the production but I think what the reason it's so powerful and why music as a medium is so powerful is because any of those three elements on their own would be conveying something they'd be conveying meaning yeah I could happily listen to your guitar parts just on their own all day but then we have the human voice and then we have the lyrical delivery you know and so then it just becomes this elevated thing i think that's why songs are so powerful yeah i guess they are uh, yeah i suppose what you're doing there is you're pointing out to us just how much is going on when we hear someone singing a song and yeah. and and because music has been made so ubiquitous we have understandably forgot just how much mm. is going on yeah when yeah somebody exactly makes a, makes a song and a record yeah yeah exactly but i i also think that with, with your with your music chris um, there's just such a, a kind of an authenticity and a realness and just there's a sense you, you're saying, you know, you're not going to try and sound like Tom Waits, you know, because he does that really well. Um, and, and actually, you're you're so great at being Chris Woods, uh, Chris Wood, you know, because I think ev ev every one of those things that I've described, you know, I, I really think particularly like the last, you know, kind of three albums or so, it's so idiosyncratic. And I think part of that is the vocal delivery. I know this is broadly a part a podcast about singing but if we maybe just maybe shed a light on that and again it might seem quite artificial to separate it from the other elements but there's something in the way that you deliver your songs that has such a ring of truth and realness and that it's coming from a real person with real emotions and 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 so forth and I, I wonder how kind of conscious that is in your approach to recording your vocals to the way you deliver your vocals to the production Oh, no, I mean, all, all the thinking, any thinking about those things has happened long before you get into the studio, mm. long before there's a microphone in front of you. You know, you, you, if you're writing your life um, and you're choosing to carry on and record that song, so I, mean, I might write songs that I'm not going to record, you know, the reason I'm I'm going to kind of record the ones I record is because I, I I have a sneaky feeling that that my life chimes with other people's lives. So that's that's what makes the grade. That's why I might write Summerfield Avenue and record it because I just had a feeling lots of other people had had that experience, you know. Mm. And so and so, you know. There's no question about how I'm gonna sing it or vocal delivery or whatever. It's, it's, it, it's all happened before that. Do you know what I mean? You, it, mm. It's it's like the difference between butterflies and moths. You know, I mean, butterflies, fantastic. They get all the kind of press. You know, but moths, moths, um, 
basically, as far as I understand it, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've got some people listening who really know about this sort of thing. But you know I, what, actually, there's, there's, there's someone... Yeah, there's, 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 uh, there's, <laughs> there's always no, someone. All I'm saying, <laughs> there might be someone listening. There's, there's someone who... Um, we have an open mic session that I run after my online singing group called The Sofa Singers, and they have, like, all these moths, and they wheel them out every week, these kind of giant moths. Fantastic. So anyway, well, yeah. look, the thing, the, the thing is, the, the <laughs> distinction is that is that apparently moths, um, the, 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 the colourings and the patterns on moths are are very, very closely associated with their food plant. And so, in a way, they're kind of wearing their heart on their sleeve. So a moth can't fly off somewhere else and pretend to fit in. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's the only, only place it can be, is right there. So a moth's not thinking, how? what's my vocal delivery like here? You know, mm. what should I do on this? What should I do on that? It's basically, you know, it's just being being what it is. And it can't. Sure. It can't pretend. No amount of artifice um, will ever, yeah. sort of, you know, ha- have anyone else fooled. And and so, I mean, you know, like I say, soul is 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 the thing I'm interested in. And the thing about soul is that it can't be faked. It can't be, you know, it, 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 there's no soul button on, on in the studio. You know, there's no. Yeah. And people obsess over things like microphones. Oh, yeah, you've got to have this microphone because it's a tube microphone from nights. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's true. But um, but if you're obsessing over that, you're probably losing sight of what it is you're, you've come to do, you know. So, yeah. so I'll, I'll go to a certain point. So like my guitar... Um, my guitar, it was like, I mean, I've said this bit at gigs and stuff, but it was like the, the kind of Harry Potter moment where where um, Harry goes to sort of choose his wand and, and, and they lay some wands out in front of him and he's sort of just reaching for one and whoever the shop assistant is, oh, no, no, Mr. Potter, one doesn't choose the wand, the wand chooses <laughs> you, you know, and it was... It was with my guitar. It's exactly like that, you know. I mean, I I just picked this thing up, and it was just like, oh yeah, right, you know. And and this was in Denmark Street, and there were five guitars the same. There were two Epiphones, the same as mine, and then there were three Gibsons, which were the same. It was the same. It's a Gibson E one two five is the same as my Epiphone. So there were five guitars, and I spent the week going backwards and forwards, up and down the street, you know. Mm. And and um, a couple of the others were better guitars. I mean, they, they had better resale value. They were more set up. They were more balanced. They were better guitars. But the one I went back to was that first one. I was always going to, you know. And I and I bought it. And, um, and, and so if we go back to the choir thing, when I walk out on stage now or into a studio... No matter how hostile the environment might be, if I've got that guitar with me, I never feel uh, on my own. Wow! And that's and that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, it's that soul thing. So, so it's me and and the guitar, and we're, we're out there together. And now the amp sure. as well. I've got the right amp and that. So, so it's me and the guitar and the amp. And there's all sorts of harmonics coming off. You know, this 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 thing's not doing what I'm telling it to do all the time. Sometimes <laughs> it's doing what it's doing, just like it would do if there was a tenor stood behind you. You know, or something. Right. Know. It's got that same kind of 
excitement and compelling sort of fascination and so so you you know the last thing you're thinking about is oh should i put a comma in here or how should i deliver this sure. vocal or that you know you've written the song it it means something you just are it like mm-hmm. the moth you know you you just do it so yeah, i i don't I love, think about I love it that. no that's that's kind of the the answer i expected but um but it's really great to hear it and, and to hear that explanation and to hear that lovely um, analogy because, you know, so much music today is you're so sanitised and so produced and so kind of, um, I guess, baseless in terms of, you know, where it's been produced. It could be produced anywhere, you know, and I think just that, you know, it's like going back to that tradition, like the choral tradition, you are part of something bigger you know there's a sense of of where it's coming from there's a sense of rootedness and I think you know that really really comes across in your writing in a a really powerful way I I love that concept of English soul I think that's you know I think that's great you know we don't need a big long list of the things that you uh well if you extend that to British soul um which of course we should do anyway you know I mean you know, if you had a British soul section in in a in a record shop, you know, you'd have you'd have um, uh, John Martin in there. Oh, you'd have um, John Martin. Uh, we could Ronnie I Lane. Talk about John Martin all night, but uh, yeah, we'll do that on a different Ronnie podcast. Lane. You'd have in there. You know, mm. you'd, there'd be all sorts of really, really sort of beautiful Frankie Miller. You know, ah, mm-hmm. oh, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. You know. You know, when an old cricketer leaves the crease. Uh, do you know that one? No. Uh, what's his name? Um, come on, you know this. You've got this. Chris. Oh, I can't remember his name now, but he's just beautiful, beautiful song. Um, look it up, look it up. When an old, when an old cricketer leaves the crease, it kill, kills me every time. It's got a big brass band on it. Oh, wonderful. I will do, I will do. Um, so I guess you would, these days would you... You know, as musicians, we hate classification, don't we, and being pigeonholed. But for me, English soul sits with me far better than, say, you know, Chris Wood folk musician. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it, the thing is, it's not for me to say, is it, what what label mm. I would like to have. Do you know what I mean? I, I, of those two, I prefer English soul, but um, it's something that, that I, it sounds like only you and I seem to understand what it means you know <laughs> right now great well, well we'll we'll you know hopefully we'll we'll start that uh, we'll start it again we'll get it cast out there and m- more people will uh, pick up on it definitely yeah um now i want to talk about allotments briefly chris bear with me on this one go on and i know you're uh, what what's the what's the term allotmentera allotmentera i suppose yeah is it allotmentera yeah um i know it's something that you know is is as, as much part of you as, as you're singing. And I'm wondering if there are kind of parallels that we can draw here between that and singing, because there's, I, I have a, you know, a real belief that, that when people kind of sing and are singing and are part of a singing experience and they're becoming, um, you know, uh, the performer, they are instigating experience. They're not being passive, a passive receiver. Um, I can kind of see a direct line between that and actually growing your own vegetables and, you know, ceasing just to be a cog in the kind of consumption machine. Um, it feels important as humans to produce things and, and to create things. Um, I wonder if, 
if you kind of see that in, in the same way. I guess what I'm alluding to is that I feel so much of our lives are outsourced these days, whether it's singing or music or food, and actually just to kind of take charge of, of one's own, you know, the facets of your everyday life has got to be good, has got to be empowering. Yeah, I mean, it, it clearly does us good. You know, it's... A lot of these containers since Brexit, a lot of containers, you know, it's kind of been revealed now, although we all kind of knew it anyway. But a lot of the containers that are, are leaving our shores are empty. Our biggest export is fresh air. We don't make shit anymore. You know, we haven't done for a long time. Not since Thatcher, not since 79, you know. We just mm. haven't made things. We don't make things. We shuffle things. We do things. We do services. We shuffle things around. We we make a little percentage on this and then we sell it on. You know, we we kind of shift and, and dodge and weave and, you know, or, or we're working in call centres, you know, trying to help people with, you know, we don't, people don't know what it is to make things. Like even fucking apple pie, you know, mm. it's so these things on the telly now where, <laughs> where they, they sell you the box with all the ingredients in. I mean, it's just so, it's so crass, you know, it's so, it's, it's such a sort of an impoverished, it, it's, it's, it's such a sort of corporate misunderstanding of what it is to make an apple pie. You don't mm. buy a thing with a box with all the things in it to make an apple pie. You don't, that's not what you do. You know, if you're going to make an apple pie, you sit down and you think, oh, yeah, apple pie. And you start to think about it. Well, pastry, how's that done? And, yeah, da, 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 and you find out a little bit about pastry. You find out about apples, different apples, this, uh, you know. And the next thing you know, you really know, you know, you sit down and you eat that and your friends eat it and... and and they don't have to say, wow, man, that's a really sensational apple pie. You know it is. You know it's not the best apple pie ever made, but you know that that was an apple. You made an apple pie. And nobody can ever take that away from you. And it's, and it's this, it's, you, you know you've done the right thing when you get that feeling that nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can lean over when I was playing the fiddle, you know, I mean, in Ireland, if you play the fiddle, somebody will lean over and say, of course, Frankie Gavin would have played that much better. You know, it's just it's just you can't you just can't do that anyway, you know. But when you've done when you've done the real thing, like eating your own leeks on Christmas Day, we had five vegetables and they all came out of the allotment, every single one, um, except in fact. We don't have the allotment now because we've moved. So, so the place we've moved to, with there's a big garden. So that's why we moved, so that we've got we've got the the, the stuff out in the garden. But so you're but, producing songs in your studio. That I'm speaking to you from now. You're growing your veg in the garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am. And and since we've moved here, there's so much to do on the place that um, it's occurred to me that really I ought to learn. Um, carpentry it's something i've always loved and i've always been fascinated by and so now i'm reading a lot about um i'm just getting a small toolkit together and i'm going to build a, a workbench so that i can repair this place i can fix this place i can replace windows and doors mm. and you know because uh, you know i i just uh, i just uh, you know why wouldn't i well, exactly. I? And I think 
and and that's where I think the you know talking about whether it is growing your veg and cooking your own food or actually being an active participant in singing or whatever I can I can see how all these things are basically the same thing that we're talking about and actually as whilst we're talking about carpentry I'm just thinking my my, my friend Piers who um we play music we write music together as a rough island band down in the isles of Scilly but I mean he is like pe- most people who live in the isles of Scilly has many many hats but you know he, he's a musician um he, he's an amazing carpenter he's just come and done some amazing work in our house um and uh he is is a chef he's a trained chef as well you know and and what he always says was that thing that I think you just almost alluded to Chris like it's not actually about like excellence in terms of I'm gonna you know be the best carpenter in the world or I'm gonna make the best Michelin star meal like it is the best already because you're doing it yourself you know it's got that soul in it that that you were talking about you know it's something that can't be taken away from me mm. Mm. they can't tax that can they exactly they would, they would if they could but they haven't found a way <laughs> of doing it yet yeah and I, I think you smugness know, me, is, that... it's called smugness James <laughs> <laughs> I, I realise we're, we're getting very close to smug territory aren't we yeah <laughs> um, talking about all of these things but the thing is you know these are just core things that humans have always done and it's very you know in, it is very recent that these things have kind of been like I say, outsourced to the point where, you know, a lot of us have, haven't had the experience of making an apple pie and we have to buy a kit to help us back in to doing that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, I guess if, you know, if anything is kind of my mission with singing, it's that, it's just to stop people, you know, for people to stop obsessing about, you know, measuring up to somebody else and just letting it be an expression of themselves and their situation just, just whilst we're talking about about the choir thing, Chris, I've got to say, the opening line um, of the album, so much to defend, um, the opening lyric mm-hmm. uh, about the choir, the choir practice, just fantastic. I mean, I'd really encourage people listening to to listen to you know the song and the whole album, but it's just this beautiful series of kind of vignettes and portraits um, in the song. And, and the first line is, you know, Sharon. Loves her cooking sauce, her daughter lives upstairs. Wednesday night is choir practice and Sharon does the chairs. I just listened to that, I thought, yes, I, I, I so get what you're talking about here. Mm. Um, is there anything you can you can add to that or does that just speak for itself? Well, it's supposed to speak for itself, really. I mean, it's... it's somebody wrote a book, didn't they, called The God of Small Things. Um, mm. I, I, I really think that you know it's the small things that really matter to me it's the small things that make something meaningful um so today i was reading a bit of george orwell recounting witnessing a hanging in burma and in it um he talks about how how the condemned man was kind of led out and he's trying to articulate what what this feels like you know and the guy's led out and then he's he he sort of chasses moves to one side to avoid a puddle, <laughs> and Orwell latches onto that mm. that moment, and it's in those it, you know life is in these meaning is in these small things you know mm. communication in the world that we're living in now has become so broad brush you know i mean people 
shout at each other in estuary English because they've seen it on the telly. You know, they think EastEnders is how people actually behave. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. People do behave like that. Or Hollyoaks, you know. It's just... But real life is not it's not like that. Real life mm. is in is in really, really tiny things. I mean the idea of this guy wanting to avoid a puddle moments before, you know, his life was gonna end, it's it's just mm. so so touching. Yeah. Um and so I wanted to bring that to bear in that song, I mean, that song's just basically full. It's littered with tiny, tiny moments, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you could argue this it's too dense. There's too much of that in there. Oh, it's great. I, I can, I actually, when I listen to that, I actually, it, it feels very kind of visual for me. It feels like when you're on a train and you kind of get little little glimpses into the back of people have houses said, and People have said that, yeah, yeah. Have they? Yeah, several yeah. people have said that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what it is, really. It's just snap, 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 you know, cameras going off. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, what musically kind of keeps you topped up? We've talked about so much, you know, we've talked about choral music and Vaughan Williams and um, Sleaford Mods. Um, <laughs> is there anything, you know, that you, you know, what you're listening to at the moment that's kind of keeping you you know, inspired or on your toes or comforted? Um, I've always listened to Tom Waits. Um, oh, I knew I liked you, Chris. I'm a big Tom Waits. I've always before. listened to Tom Waits for, for a kind of, a, for several reasons, but I mean, he's very, very complicated. I think I was talking about this to someone else the other day. Um, we were talking about authenticity and a lot of, the people I know who whose you know opinion I respect who 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 don't kind of like Tom Waits or don't get Tom Waits it, it, it's usually they don't feel that he's authentic because he can be this person or this character or this character or you know he can be all German industrial or he can be all mm. kind of you know sort of old sad vaudevillian or you know he can be mm. whatever he wants in that and I and it occurred to me that I think. The more talented a person is, the harder it is to be authentic. I mean, when you really can do uh, all those things, um, it, it, it's not—it's not a show. He—he it, it, it does those things because he has to do them. You know, he—he—he—he he, he, he has to do the kind of industrial. <laughs> He has to do that. Yeah. He has yeah. to do that. You know, why would he not do that? Yeah. You know, he can do it and he does it impeccably. And then he'll sit down at a piano or sing, write a song like a tinker, a tailor, a soldier's things, his rifle, his boots. And he'll just, he'll write that and he just break your heart, you know. Mm. Um, I'm going to love you till the wheels come off. Just, just so, so talented. And then I got, I started to really listen to the production on his stuff, the sound of everything. And then I started to, to, uh, I started to focus in on the three albums, Alice, Blood Money and Mule Variations. And I started to, I found out that they were kind of mixed and engineered by a guy called Oz Fritz. 
and a couple of years ago I was invited to produce someone's album and once we'd recorded it they said who do you want to, to mix it and I said well I want Hoss Fritz to mix it and they said well phone him up so I did the next thing I knew I was on the plane to LA to to go and sit down with uh, sorry San Francisco to yeah. to to, wow. to 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 spend a, a week in the studio with Oz Fritz um and so you know if we come back to the idea of kind of music and and the complexity you know you were talking earlier weren't you about just how much goes into somebody writing a song and singing it and recording it and making exactly. you know this Producing, you know yeah. such a lot goes into that well I suppose in many ways, you know, Tom Waits, what Tom Waits has done um, and finding out what I found out and working with people who've worked with him, you know, I've begun to really appreciate just how much does go into a song. And it's really made me, you know, Oz didn't say, oh, yeah, here's, here's a bunch of tips and tricks. You know, he, he, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him any questions about working with Tom Waits. And he didn't volunteer. He said, he told me one thing, actually, which was that um, the only instruction that he got from Tom Waits, uh, he said, Tom, Tom said, said, I want you to make me sound like you're in a doll's house and I'm singing in through the window. <laughs> <laughs> There's no plug-in for that, is there? Uh, no, and, and somehow <laughs> that's exactly what Oz did. You know, there are tracks on there where it's just sort of hair-raising, the amount of yeah. thought and consideration. So, so you see, that you know, we're not talking about singing here, but what we're talking about is, is if Tom wants me to make him sound like he's singing in through a doll's house window, then I really need to think about where I'm going to put this fucking mic, you know. Because mm. if I put it too far away or if I put it too close or da-da-da-da-da, on axis, off axis, and 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 so you begin to realise just what a dance making a record is. You know, committing mm. to a recording. What an incredible ballet it is of talents and gifts and skills. You know, and so when you meet a performer who's that talented, then you know it seems to me that kind of oh well, I don't think he's very authentic because he can do all these other. And it's just. It's just nonsense. I mean, this guy's, he's just very, very, he's a real musician. He's a real musician. Mm. You know, he really is. And so I've always, he's always been a touchstone for me. So um, for the podcast, there is a playlist. Uh, all the guests that I invite on, whatever spectrum of the kind of singing world they're coming from, uh, choose a track to go on there. A vocal performance of some kind. Um, so I wonder if there's something you could select for, for us to put on there and for, for people to listen to, Chris? Um, well, I suppose it should be a Tom one, shouldn't it, really? It sort of makes sense. Yeah. I'm either thinking Alice or Get Behind the Mule. I don't mind. You put whichever one you want okay. on. I'll make, I'll make a decision. Get Behind the Mule, because that's how that album got named, um, Mule ah, Variations. Mule Variations. Yeah, they... He, he wasn't sure how to do it, and he did about eight completely plausible different versions of it. You could have just made an album of just Get Behind the Mule. Uh, and in the end, he kind of started to round on the version that, that we all get to hear. Mm. Um, 
But then Alice is just such a sensational song, you know. It's the imagery just kills me, you know. Oh, there was some of some Tom Waits. Skated. To to. What's it? I skated. Something about being out on the ice. I skated your your name, and by tracing it twice, I fell through the ice of Alice. <laughs> I mean, you can see it skating the big yeah. A. And the air, I mean, you know, and then he does it a second time and falls. I mean, you know, that's, that is, that's great. That's, to me, that's like the pyramids. You know, that's just sensational human achievement to have written that. Just to close the conversation, um, would you be able to just share something, a life lesson that, you know, um, singing a life of singing and songwriting has has taught you i suppose the better you get the poorer you become that's kind of what it seems to be teaching me i mean i'm kind of going through that right now and that's kind of what's happening you know the bet i'm getting better and better at it and and i'm earning less and less money each year and i think it's because it's because the closer i get to sort of singing and and really kind of making coming across with what it is I want to come across you know the less hard I'm the less I'm concerned about whether or not people like it you know mm. and then in that is there a sense that you're kind of you know closer to being what you want to be doing what you want to be saying you know I think so yeah 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 I think the closer you know the better you get the closer you get then uh, the less you care yeah and sometimes not caring is good. You know, we spend so much of our life looking over our shoulder, thinking what others are thinking. Mm. You know, that is healthy. It's definitely healthy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe I should... Maybe I need a bit of a rocket up the arse, you know. <laughs> Clip round the ear. But um, I'm just where I am, you know. And yeah, I'm, I'm old dog, new tricks, you know. <laughs> That's kind of where I am, so... I'm happy. What a lovely way to wrap up. Thanks so much to Chris for that conversation. I found it nourishing in so many ways. Now, if you go to the show notes, you'll find links to some of Chris's songs, including the song we were discussing, So Much To Defend, and there's also a live version of This Love Won't Let You Fail. Both are absolutely stunning examples of his songwriting, so do check them out. There's also a link to Chris's music on Bandcamp where you can discover his back catalogue, stream and download his music there. And the song that I chose for the playlist was Alice. He just described it so beautifully and I'm sure if you have a listen to it on the podcast playlist, you'll agree. There's a link there as well to the podcast playlist where you'll not only hear Chris's choice, but all the choices by the guests we've had so far in series one. So do go back and have a listen to any episodes you might have missed. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I invite guests from a whole range of perspectives. So go back and you can listen to conversations with choir leaders and authors and many, many more. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at my website, jamessillsmusic.com. There's a link in the show notes. It would be really lovely to hear from you for any feedback on the show, for any guests you might be interested in for future episodes. And as always, 
a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts is really, really appreciated. It helps get the word out, not just about the podcast, but of course about singing, which is what we're all about here. So thanks very much again for joining me and Chris for today's conversation and look forward to welcoming you again to This Is Why We Sing. Bye for now. Thank you.